Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Breakfast of Champions. The Millionaire Breakfast Club. Good afternoon, champions. T.M. Hyman here. Um, always a privilege uh, to be here with you. Uh, I am the host of the Social Lab Culture Club right here on Clubhouse, uh, host of the Social Lab. Uh, it's a podcast uh, that airs every Monday, Wednesday at 9 p. Then we bring the conversation over here at Clubhouse uh, at 10. And sometimes it goes on and on and on because the conversations are really, really good. Um, so tap in, man. Um, little different um, conversation with me this afternoon. Um, as I have listened and listened, I, I'm still kind of stuck in the weekend. Um, I had a chance to, you know, participate in a couple of conversations. One, a, a mentoring session uh, with, with the mentor uh, that's brand new. But I, I was able to listen in on a, a conversation here uh, on Clubhouse that went on for hours that I believe thousands of people participated in. And, and, and I had some takeaways that were still like bobbing around in my head this morning. And so, you know, wanted to share, uh, you know, truly from my heart, as well as uh, Dr. Rowe and, and Michael and uh, those who supported the donor effort yesterday. Um, man, I, I sat back and listened, just being um, really uh, honored to be a part of the event. but there was a share that I'd like to uh, share with you all because I wasn't able to share with that room yesterday. Um, and so I wanna get all of that done within this hour. But uh, I have seven things um, that we should remember when delegating instruction to others that came out of uh, the, the two conversations that I, I was able to observe uh, yesterday. First, starting with my mentor, uh, excuse me, my mentee, uh, a new mentoring relationship. Uh, my mentee, I found out, is a, a Marine, and that, that all by itself was interesting because my uh, stepfather was a Marine, and I learned a lot, excuse me, as I sipped some water, 
I learned a lot about uh, Marines from a discipline and a structure perspective that even today um, apply to who I am, right? Some of those attributes, some of those skills that come out of what a Marine uh, really encompasses and, and acquires in training, going through training. So as I was onboarding uh, the mentee and learning about him, uh, one of the things that he identified that he needed help with was structure. So I found that interesting. Uh, but in the conversation, it certainly came out like structure and delegation. Um, you know, but he as a Marine, what I learned, um, the only reason why structure is a problem today is because if you think about uh, going through training, right, what those in the military go through, people are on their backs, in their faces, right, telling them what to do, uh, telling them what, to, not, what not to do. And when that goes away, right, sometimes it's difficult. You need um, someone to be on you. That's typically why a lot of us have coaches and mentors, right, because we need someone to just kind of help us to stay on, on track. Uh, fast forward, it was a very productive conversation. Uh, I found out that really uh, he was open, he was honest, he was extremely intelligent, uh, he was even disciplined. He just needed someone, um, like in the military, to, to help him to get his schedule together, get a little organized, right, uh, meet deadlines. And I'm truly good with that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, we're, we're working, we're working. But my number one takeaway was delegation. That's what I'm helping with, establishing structure. But there was a conversation uh, on Clubhouse. After I ended that conversation and, and later on in the evening, I, I got back on Clubhouse and there was a conversation going on um, where, you know, and, and this was an old situation that became new uh, because I guess people just started talking about this conversation where a, a very successful marketing maven, um, you know, and an, a, a recording artist, an aspiring recording artist entered into a, a, a contract or uh, allegedly entered into a contract, right? Um, or at least a, a, a verbal agreement. And there was a large amount of money that was exchanged. And from my opinion, which is why I'm going into uh, the, the seven things we need to remember when delegating instruction to others, uh, one of the things to me that came out uh, for me as a takeaway, listening to this discussion, listen, I was like a fly on the wall listening to this discussion, listening to this discussion, just like many people uh, are listening to this discussion, <laughs> this conversation right now and listen to our discussions here uh, in the Breakfast of Champions. I, for hours I listened and I chimed in along the way. But one of the things that happened in this situation where, listen, I'm, I'm going to say $60,000 was exchanged, 60000 um, and and I'm, I'm still not even clear if a contract really existed, a, a, a written contract, if one was really signed. So think about the exchange of $60,000 without a clear-cut contract. That's already problematic. But I think for me, the number one takeaway was that there were unspoken expectations in this partnership, in this delegation of, of responsibilities in this hiring, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, there were unspoken expectations. Um, and, and in business, you know, you have to be clear. Uh, in business, you have to uh, not have any type of expectation that goes unspoken. Um, but I also want, want to call out one of my observations is in business, it's not always going to be peaches and cream, right? 
Um, you don't always have to like the people that you do business with as long as uh, you have a need and they have a solution to your need, right? That, that's really the whole purpose, and we want to make money in this venture. And my point is, sometimes there may be some, you know, your situation may be a little contentious, a little contentious. What, what does that mean? It, you know, causing or, you know, likely to cause an, an argument, right, controversial. You're dealing with someone who may, might, at the drop of a dime, right, they're going to tell you like it is. I mean, it, it's okay, right? I mean, you're dealing with someone who might, you know, come with a heated argument if it doesn't go right. I don't think anything is wrong with that. There may be some people who disagree, but, you know, everyone is not going to be, you know, all smiles. Some people are, you know, contentious. And I believe that we can still do effective business as long as a need is being met with an effective solution, right? And there is a fair transfer. That is my belief. What am I talking about? For those who just entered the room, I'm talking about um, a couple of conversations that I observed. One I was a part of uh, with the mentee and another I observed in a room that went on for hours over the weekend uh, between a, a, a marketing maven who's very popular, um, very influential, and an artist, an exchange of $60,000. Uh, not clear if there was a contract or not. But the situation became very contentious. Um, between the both of them. And I think both of them uh, took a position and, and, and had two different positions, right? Uh, and that's why it's important that, that I share these seven things to remember because this was a responsibility delegated, right? A task delegated. It was for higher work. But what we want to discuss is conflicts distract you from your dreams and your goals. Conflicts. This is what I want to call out. For, for those of you, some of you may have even been in the room over the weekend. Conflicts distract you from your dreams and your, your goals, right? There's nothing more harmful like for a project or, or trying to grow a business than, than, than a contentious person or a contentious situation. So we always have to resolve the conflict Right. Get, get it out of the way when we're trying to grow our businesses and our brands, because contention does not help anyone or anything. Right. I, I want to call it out. Contentious people destroy momentum. They destroy bonding and any kind of synergy. Right. That agreement can create agreement, agreement. That, that's really what we want to promote. We want to promote agreement, not contentiousness. At the end of the day, contentious people, a contentious person really, you know, is someone who I think considers themselves to be very honest and upfront. I think I'm direct. I think I'm honest. I think I might be able to become contentious, uh, but I'm also very fair, very balanced, very respectful. Um, but I think when you, when you think of a contentious person, right, they usually take pride in like, again, telling you like it is. Um, you know, they often are really modeling a behavior, mother, father. Right, who accomplished their goals through some type of, I'm gonna say intimidation, right? Um, maybe, maybe not, but they admire these roles and they follow the patterns, really not understanding what's being lost along the way, right? With this kind of attitude or, or behavior. Bottom line is this, listen, your attitude is a personal decision. You can't feed into contentious people or contentious situations. If you can't really bring about resolution, then this might not be a good partnership for us.
We just need to walk away. We just need to walk away. But this is what I want you to know. There should be no tra transfer of funds without a clear agreement that we that we feel good about, right? And we should really feel good about the agreement before we sign it, before we transfer funds. But your attitude is a personal decision. In any situation where you're dealing with positive people, negative people, or, or people who might make you feel a little weird, right? You, your attitude is a mood created by your decision, your focused decision, your focused choice. You cannot succeed in my opinion. Th th this is strictly my opinion, right? You cannot succeed in an environment where there's strife, where, where there's a whole lot of contention. Strife, in my opinion, is the enemy to productivity. The enemy. Strife is the enemy to productivity. And, and think about it. Where you may be experiencing, you know, situations where it's really not as productive, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, is there strife involved? Is there confusion involved? Peace is the invisible climate that multiplies your productivity. Peace. Peace. Seven things to remember. Seven things you should remember when you're delegating instruction to others. Communicate clearly the importance of the instruction that you are, uh, are trying to get executed, right? Communicate clearly the importance of the instruction. That's the first thing. The one thing that I, that I absolutely knew without a doubt when I, when I left the room with this conversation where $60,000 was transferred in a business deal what I know that there were there was not a clear, clear expectation. The importance of what was going to be done with that $60,000 was not laid out. It was not laid out. In the situation where, where my mentee is, is trying to, you know, um, elevate some people within a team that he has, right? What he's recognized is that everybody's not a part of the vision that he's casting. But what he also recognized was that he hadn't really made the vision he's casting clear. The vision really wasn't clear to him. So he was trying to delegate and bring people along when he hadn't really made the vision clear. He hadn't really written it out, right? Rebecca 2-2, write the vision, make it plain. So seven things you should remember when you're delegating instruction to others. Number one, communicate clearly the importance of what you're trying to execute number two give the instruction to one person only it's about ownership ownership in my environment what we say is we only want one neck to choke one neck to choke when you when you stretch responsibility out across a team that that's too many people responsible give the instruction to one person only one neck to choke Number three, document the date, document the date, document the date you gave the instruction. You always want to follow back up. You always got to have notes. You always have to have some documentation. Documentation is everything, my friends. It's everything. Number four, require a continuous progress report. Get updates. Schedule 
a frequent cadence. Establish a business week, a, a weekly business review. I do WBRs all over the place because I, I need a progress report. I need to know what we need to stop, what we need to start, what we need to continue. I'm talking about seven things you should remember when you're delegating instructions to others. Just based off a couple of conversations this weekend, right? I mean, I, I would never ever give someone, right, the responsibility to execute on my behalf without being clear what it is that I expect and what they should do. But we do that all the time. We enter into situations where things are really not that clear. Number five, agree upon the expected deadline for the completion of the task. Like, wh when are we going to be done? When are we going to be done? We're going to be done December 31st, 2021, and that's what we're aiming towards. Anything that's going to prevent us from getting there, we, we have to assess and reassess and assess again to make sure that we get there, right? That's the purpose of the progress report. Number six, never give an instruction to someone incapable of completing it. Yep, we can't do it off of potential. We have to know. We have to do the research. We have to do the research. One thing that I heard in that conversation where 60000 was exchanged, somebody didn't do their research. Somebody didn't do their research because, you know, ultimately th there were multiple people that had issues with this marketing maven. So it spoke to, you know, her track record. So it's extremely important to do your research specifically when you are looking to invest that amount of money. You have to do your research. Never give an instruction to someone incapable. You have to feel real good about it, of completing the task. And then number seven, never assume your instructions have been completed. Follow up. Follow up, follow through. Inspect what you expect frequently. It's extremely important. I'll run through those again. Seven things you should remember when you are delegating instruction. Number one, communicate clearly the importance of the instruction. Number two, give the instruction to only one person. We need ownership, one neck to check, one neck to choke, one person only. Number three, document the date when you gave the instruction. Number four, require a continuous progress report. Set some, some KPIs even, right? Some, some key performance indicators, right? I mean, if, if you need to. Number five, agree upon the expected deadline for the completion. Number six, never give an instruction to someone incapable of completing it. And then number seven, never assume your instructions. Excuse me, never, in, yeah, never, <laughs> never assume your instructions have been completed. You always want to follow up and follow through. Want to pause for the cause and add and see if anyone wants to weigh in, comments, questions. Uh, how am I doing right now? Flash your mics, flash your mics, flash your mics. Just let me know you are there. I like the interaction. Hey, Christina, Dora. Oh, I see uh, uh, Amanda, Rachel, Christina down bottom. Hey, everybody, I see a lot of flashes. Uh, Christina, go ahead. Which Christina? 
Well, both Christinas, go for it. Oh, I go, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I'm just um, working and listening and, and usually I'm multitasking like usual, but I really, really um, love your uh, advice, TM. Especially about, you know, don't assume people understand your instructions. I think as, especially as entrepreneurs, but whether you work as a manager or you're running your own business, we often assume people are on the same page <laughs> and understand and can read our minds. We just assume that they know everything that we're thinking. And it's such a huge mistake because you really do have to really clarify and communicate. And the following up is key because a lot of times um, people might be struggling to or with whatever directions we've given them. And if you can just, you know, help them along the way, you're, you're mentoring them, but you're also helping them understand what you're trying to achieve. And then measuring that against the KPI. I think measurement is key. Um, what you can't measure, you can't uh, adjust or fix. Or So I think that is really the mindset is you can't set it and forget it. But I really love all your uh, tips and um, feedback or just basically all the tips that you're providing for everyone here. I think they're great for everyday life, not just business. But thank you. Thank you so much for your feedback and thanks for weighing in. Go ahead, Christina. Hey, TM, thanks for the segment. Um, good segment. So I was just going to chime in. Um, I, I'm over here writing and trying to work in, in the background while listening, but uh, it reminded me of the military and our, you know, the structure we had in the military. Um, and, and you did talk about the, uh, uh, the Marines um, that needed structure. We definitely had it in the military because um, while you were talking, it reminded me of how we used to, you know, only gave information to the leaders in the section. So commanders would actually, you know, brief the first sergeant, uh, commanders would actually brief the sergeant major, sergeant major would actually brief the first sergeant, first sergeant would brief the platoon sergeant, platoon sergeant, and it goes on down, down, you know, down the, down the line, leaders briefing the next leader, um, not getting into, you know, the lower enlisted because, you know, once you get in you know, into everybody's ears, there's going to be confusion. And so that sounds like what happened yesterday in the clubhouse room that you were in. So definitely, um, I see your point with the seven, uh, with the seven steps, because it took me right back to how we did things in the military. So good session. Thank you so much for your feedback. Um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it was confusion to say the least. Thank you uh, very much, Christina. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and reset the room real quick. Uh, then we can keep the conversation going. If you are learning from this room today, just imagine how much you'll gain. Uh, when we come together in person in Lexington, Kentucky, November 5th through the 7th, for the Grow for God Conference, Glenn Lundy will be celebrating the 1,000th episode of Rise and Grind, featuring so many of your favorites uh, from Breakfast of Champions speakers. Uh, spearheaded by Tamara, and who is on the lookout for your 67-day check-in. Uh, if you are one of the almost 1,000 people in the community doing the challenge, we're so proud of you. And uh, it's not too late to get started. You can jump on in. Just go ahead and go to breakfastwithchampions.live and grab your link uh, to sign up. It is not too late, not too late, not too late. Uh, Amanda, I saw you flashing earlier. You want to pop in? Oh, my friend, I'm so glad I grabbed a segment. I was able to pop in. You are definitely my people. Everything that you said was spot on. In the absence of expectations, contention will appear. And here's the irony in it. Sometimes from non-contentious people, like it will happen because there's not clear expectations. So I love everything that you said. Just a couple of things that I would add to 
is in today's day and age with technology and a lot of systems that help us behind the scenes, I would absolutely build in audits into my systems because we know when something fails in our organization, either the system failed the person or the person failed the system. And it's really, really, really important that we get clear on which is which. And so to follow up to that, I would absolutely encourage anybody who has people that are working with them, even if it's a third party, or it could be somebody who works directly, you know, is an employee of your organization, I would absolutely recommend that you implement um, an opportunities tracker is what I like to call it. So when things do arise and there is maybe, you know, someone isn't clear about something and it's because a system has failed us. Um, you have a tracker regularly for those opportunities, and you're, you're literally able to keep up with those. So a system failed us. What happened? How are we fixing it? What are we putting in place so that it doesn't happen again? And then the other thing that I was going to say is with expectations, especially around goals, you spoke about KPIs. I love SMART goals, and SMART is an acronym, right? So specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And when you put SMART goals in place, and then you communicate those to someone, the very next step is giving them the opportunity to own it. TM, I can't tell you you own anything in my organization. I can't tell you you own a job. I can't tell you you own a role. Yet once I explain clearly what that is, I give you the opportunity to own it and only when you own it, then am I holding you accountable on all accounts for those things. So I just love everything that you said. You're so speaking my language and it was spot on. I appreciate you, my friend. Oh, man, and I appreciate you. And, um, you know, we, we are certainly aligned um, with, with what you teach and your concepts as well. You know, we have to anticipate and avoid unnecessary conflict, right? I mean, you talked about unspoken expectations. That That's one that I call out all the time. I mean, because, you know, some people, you know, talk to themselves. Like, we, it, it all makes sense in our own heads. M most of us, you know, isolation has made us talk to ourselves, right? And it sounds like a, a beautiful plan. And sometimes we think we've even shared that plan with others. And it's like, oh, I thought I told you that. It's like, nope, you know, you told me that in your head. We, we've been doing a lot of things in our head, right? And so, <laughs> you know, unspoken expectations. We, we have to talk it out. Um, I, I do believe that conflict, conflict uh, sometimes is necessary in business, right? Because it brings about creativity. It, it's the, it's the, you know, the battle of the ideas, you know, I, I like the battle of the ideas sometimes, but you know, there always has to be clear understanding, clear expectations. Um, and we have to understand that conflict um, just distracts us right from our goals and our dreams. And so um, I saw Rachel flashing earlier. Rachel, you still there? Want to pop in? Hey, yeah, I'm here. I'm actually coming up right after you. So I'm going to I'm going to pause my mic because people are going to be tired of hearing from me, uh, which is ironic because uh, I'm talking about conflict in relationships in my session. So perfectly ties into everything you're talking about, TM. Boom. I think it's Daria just right next to Rachel. I saw you flash as well. You want to go? Hi, TM. Uh, no, I was just acknowledging that I was still here and actively listening and loved your share. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I will take the last few minutes to, um, again, acknowledge uh, Dr. Rowe and Michael and the session that they um, facilitated yesterday around donor donation. Um, I, I have a cousin who I graduated from high school with um, who is about 40 years old uh, right now. And uh, 
she was diagnosed with stage four uh, renal failure, right? I mean, kidney failure. And it was uh, unexpected at that particular time. And she got on a list, right? Uh, did whatever she needed to do to get on the list. And, um, you know, had no idea that she would be on this list for years and years and years and years. Um, and so I've always understood the importance of uh, organ donation. And I, I checked the box uh, for organ donation, you know, when I was younger, right? It's something that you can do right at the Department of Motor Vehicles in Virginia. And, and, I, and I did that, understanding uh, the importance. But Dr. Rowe, uh, giving us the uh, ability to celebrate Giovanni's birthday yesterday with trying to, um, you know, really sign up, solicit 5,000 new donors uh, is unbelievable uh, because, you know, my cousin, uh, I have checked on and have helped to keep her spirit intact over the years. And I was at her house one day when she got a call uh, from the hospital to come. And when she went to the hospital, uh, ultimately, she was not a match. She was not a match. And uh, I think we heard the same thing with Marla, uh, whose picture was on badges yesterday. Uh, Marla had been offered a kidney and ultimately it was not a match and Marla still needs a kidney. Um, I, I want to share that last week, my cousin got a phone call to come to the hospital and she got a kidney. And uh, right before yesterday's session, I was able to call her because she was still in the hospital. Uh, and check on her as she's recovering from this kidney. Uh, organ donation matters. Uh, the work that Dr. Rowe and, and Michael and, and team uh, is doing matters. Uh, and I just wanted to salute and give Dr. Rowe and, and everyone who has supported that effort, um, you know, up to this point, that that was number two, right? Um, promote organ donation in the community. We do not talk about it enough. Uh, in our communities, but it, th the idea that Giovanni uh, impacted 70 lives, 70 lives, um, that, that's impact, that's legacy. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.